Welcome to episode five of Unsweetened and Unfiltered. Thank you, ladies, for joining us. And thank you if you've been listening to us week after week. We truly appreciate you. I'm going to pass this on to Zaina because, girl, what is going on? There's a lot going on in the news. Um, if you've been on social media, you've probably seen that Congresswoman Ilhan Omar is currently being attacked by so many people, including our president, including major uh, media publications, for a video that surfaced. And you can obviously see that the video has been edited to make it seem like she said something she didn't say. She basically, what was taken out of context yes. is that she said some people did something and she was referring to 9-11. But if you were just to take that little snippet, it seems like she was just being like, just brushing it off. Exactly. But you had to listen to, to the, the whole, whole video. speech. And I think now more than ever, we need to stand by her side and, and show her that what she's doing for Muslims and Arabs and every minority in America for people of color is is so worth it. And she, I, I just have to applaud her for sticking to her morale and sticking to what she believes in because I feel like so many people in our community would kind of like step back and be like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I apologize. We backtrack and we apologize far too often where yes. it's become second nature. But for her, I commend her. She just stood her ground and she knows what she says and she knows what she's doing is not wrong. And the the president is trying to paint her into this horrible human being that's not patriotic that no, doesn't care for watch america watch the video it's online you'll see exactly what or how she about you saying. just watch your own president's tweet i mean we have a president that's tweeting false information how detrimental I is mean, that ilhan is getting death threats and it's not only targeted to this one specific person it's targeted to the entire muslim and arab and and minority community and it's dangerous it's dangerous because we have Muslimat that are visibly Muslim that walk around with their hijab. And to to leave your house and have that anxiety and not know if you're going to get attacked from just anybody just because you're and president. it's happening. Yeah, I mean, it is. You look at New Zealand, over 50 people have died. And, and this is such a relevant thing that just happened. And to have people on Twitter throwing hate at someone like this who is doing such great things for our community... It's so disappointing. Yeah. And I honestly, Ilhan is one brave, strong woman because she's just taking that mic and she's saying everything that we've been wanting to be said by somebody that's a leader that's in the media that has her voice heard. And she's making sure she's she's saying what she, you know, she's representing us in the best way possible. And she's so classy. Wallahi, she's so eloquent the way she holds herself in these meetings and the way she speaks and you had the president attacking you, and she's still responding back. Yeah. What did she say? You had a tweet of what yeah, she said. Yeah, so she tweeted out, I did not run for Congress to be silent. I did not run for Congress to sit on the sidelines. I ran because I believed it was time to restore moral clarity and courage to Congress to fight and to defend our democracy. Yeah, we don't need any more zombies leading us here. We need people that are we'll going to make us... what they believe Yeah, in. they're going to make those racists uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. And she does it so well. And I love her. I love Linda Sarsour. She's a All these amazing all women, women who are doing such great things for the community. Yes. And I, I like that AOC defended her as well. Yeah. She, she came to her defense. I think and the I, entire freshman class of Congress kind of is sticking up, sticking by at hand. And that makes me very excited because it means that the new people who are entering Congress have different opinions and the the older fresh, white men yeah. who are 
currently in higher positions. Absolutely. So hopefully one day we either see Ilhan or somebody like Ilhan be become our president. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I would love that. But I think it kind of I kind of want to transition into our next guest because yes. like I said, I I truly feel for our Muslim women who wear the hijab and they wear it with so much strength and pride, but it is a, it, I know they feel anxious leaving their house. So anxiety is something that's very prevalent in our community. And I think it's time that we do um, address it. I know it's a little bit uncomfortable because it's something that it was not normal or to talk about. It was something that we've always hidden behind closed doors or, you know, kept away from the general public, from our relatives, family and whatnot. So we have Samar Shatat with us today. Um, I have known her through her business, which is Anonymous Addictions. And she is a wife. She's a mother. She's a DJ, a personal stylist, an entrepreneur. She does it all. And she's a mental health advocate. Um, She's always been passionate about fashion and creating looks and designs. But while she was trying to accomplish her passions or go after her passions, she suffered from anxiety and depression and PTSD. And she continues to, I don't want to say suffer, but it's still, it's still, it's still in her, it's still in her life, but she has found a way to overcome it, to treat it. And we're definitely going to talk about that today about how to treat it. If you are going through something like this, because trauma is very hard and we've all probably witnessed something traumatic in our life or gone through something and her story. um, I'm just going to say, grab a tissue box, Kleenex box. We will uh, reimburse you guys. Inshallah. Send us your <laughs> shipping addresses and whatnot, well, but we have Venmo. We'll Venmo you guys a few dollars. Yeah. It's, you're going to need them because she definitely them. goes um, into detail about her story, where the trauma came from, um, how she lived her life with it, how she suffered, suffered greatly from it and how she just came out as a strong woman, oh, the strong yeah. woman that she is today. So, um, and I want to commend her and congratulate her on her boutique. I mean, she's had it for a while now, but it's called Anonymous Addictions. Yes, and they're uh, online as well. I'm telling you, she is she's dressed stuck, so yeah. cute from head to toe. She walked into my apartment. And I was like, oh, I didn't know we were interviewing a supermodel. Yeah, me like, and you just... are like in our pajamas yeah. looking like we haven't showered in days. And then this girl is like supermodel over oh, here. Beautiful. But yeah, um, again, if this is something that you've been wanting to listen to, to learn more about mental health. And again, you don't have to go through it yourself. You may know somebody, you may know somebody and you may not even realize that maybe one of your friends is going through this. So we're going to talk about the triggers, the signs and all that. What to look out for. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's dive in. Hi Summer. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for driving out on this rainy day. Well, in defense, it wasn't raining at first, but it's worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And you're coming from the suburbs, so it's definitely more of a drive yeah, definitely. to come out to the city on a weekend. So we're definitely grateful for you to come over here and bless us with your presence, basically. Oh, thank you, ladies, so much. I think what you two are doing is phenomenal. It's amazing. And basically, you know, providing everyone with this platform is amazing so i'm that happy to be lot. here thank you it really does mean a lot because i think that's like we want people to see our true intentions with this and i think me and zayna want to try as much as possible to take the back seat and give this platform to women like you oh, yeah the whole point is to pass the mic yeah that's yeah. exactly it like i think we just want to be the ones that curate it but then we want to hear the stories of other women because Absolutely. everybody has their fair short share of like struggles that they've gone through and hardships and of course we're going to talk a lot about yours which deals with anxiety 
anxiety, trauma, depression. I mean, this is not just like, oh, one day I'm sad type of thing. This was like, you've gone through this for years and years. Mm -hmm. And I think you're very, um, very strong, very brave talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think within our culture, this is not something that we talk about a lot Oh yeah. because you get branded as like, oh, there's something wrong with her. You know what I mean? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I know we're going to talk about that. I think that's why it's like, I'm scared sometimes to say I'm having a bad day and I'm I'm down down, and I'm sad. I think like within my friends, within my girl group, we're kind of starting to talk about it more. We're like, you know what? I don't know why I'm sad. Like today I'm just sad and I'm just down and I don't know what the heck it is. Everyone gets that way though. Like to that extent where yeah. like it's like just like once in a while you feel down but like talking to summer like it's is it more of a constant thing i mean um going back to what you say is you know having one ba- one bad day or two bad days or a bad week or a bad month that's totally okay but the most important thing is to actually recognize it and be comfortable enough to come to someone whether it's your parents your sister your friend and say i'm not feeling okay and that person be like, oh, it's totally okay, totally okay that you're not feeling okay. Yeah. So what's going on with you? You know, having that someone to speak to or talk to and just kind of vent to is so important. Unfortunately for us, we have that fear of judgment. Yes. We, we fear that judgment of, oh, what's going on with her? Or, you know... We have a fear of our stories getting in the, the hands of the, of wrong, the wrong person. People. Yeah. The, the elders sometimes yes. of our community, the elderly women, our aunties that like, like, ooh. I think we're 100%. just always afraid of like what other people are going to think of us. And, and, and it's okay to be cautious, you know, be like, you know, aware of what people are going to think about you mm-hmm. or I should, you shouldn't care about what people are going to think, but it's just, it's everyone. Yeah. Everyone has that. Like, you know, I don't want them to think this of me because, you know, especially when you're, looked at as a strong person who survived this and who survived that. So that's like when you kind of like curl up and you want to cry, you have to hide away and do it because you've got this image of this strong person right? or the person that's holding the family together. You know, it's just, it's a struggle. It's It's almost like even within your own stuff, you have these two identities where you have to identify as a strong woman within your community. You're masking. I got this. Yes. I'm asking. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm, uh, you know what I mean? Well, before that, before I became the mom and before I became that wife, I was a daughter. Yes. Well, I'm still a daughter. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. But you know, I could say, you know, I was, I'm that child. I'm still that child. Sometimes Mm -hmm. when I, you know, go back to those days, um, again, well, I'll go back to that is we all live this life of taking it day by day and, you know, live in this cultural life of, you know, alhamdulillah, of course, you know, culture is amazing. However, we were brought up culturally versus religiously. Yes. You know, oh, that's a perfect way to put it. Yes. And it's so true. hundred percent. And, you know, I love my culture 1000%. Same. But unfortunately we have this thing where it's like it's haram or it's halal or whatever and it's just like you pick and you choose Mm -hmm. you know versus where our image is involved in it where pride is the biggest thing above all else it's almost like we forget that there is a god to say that but it's almost like i'm here more to please his creations than the the creator himself himself. exactly one thousand percent that bothers me so much so much that we are that we live that more about what people think like i said like it's more about like i don't want them to think this way of me i'd rather have them think positive i'm a happy person i'm you know always in a good mood the day i stopped caring about what people thought was my first day of recovery, I should say. That's amazing. It was, that was the day because my entire mind was constantly, rather than with my mom, with grieving, I couldn't grieve right because I was constantly worried about, you know, 
okay, do I do this? What do I do it this way? Do I do it that way? I have to hold my family together. I have to be the strong one. Well, now it's the pressure's on. It's like, oh, you know, your mama, like Hama has passed. Now you have to, you have to hold the family. And it's like, you know, here I am 16 and I've got an older brother and a younger brother. And it's like, okay. Not to cut you off summer. Do you want to start off with what happened? Um, before like, yeah, seeing exactly the aftermath because of what happened because of that traumatic event. Yeah. At 16, my mom, um, was, was killed by a uh, drunk driver. Um, and it was right in front of my eyes, also in front of my younger brother as well. Um, she died instantly. And of course, you know, all of our lives, we hear death, we hear, you know, we hear all of that. And the time I went to Aqsa school, so I lo- I saw a lot of funerals or janazas. Yeah, they usually hold them at the gym. At, yeah. yeah, so you see a lot of it. You're aware of it, but you never think it's going to happen to you. Exactly. You know, you think in old age, that's when your parents, you know, they're going to be around. However, um, my mom, I lied, Hama, she passed oh, at the age of 39. I mean, she was young herself. That's, she was very young. She's young. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is that, nine years later for me? That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. And to witness that. and my brother to witness that. So it's like when you see such a traumatic event, you kind of like at the first, at first you're kind of grieving, you know, you've got the 40 days, everybody's around you, everyone's there. And, you know, even when you want to cry, they tell you not to cry. It's haram. And it's like, I don't want my mom. And, you know, of course, you know, they say you're supposed to say, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. But, you know, astaghfirullah, now as an adult, as someone who understands more, you understand it. But you can't say to someone, and I don't want anybody attacking me or saying, like, how could you even Nobody say that? Nobody better attack because everybody's but, being vulnerable yeah. here. No, I, not you. Yeah. I, I, no, I no, want, not here, but, like, listening Yeah, wise, I don't like, want, it's just, like, you know, you you go in such a traumatic event, and it's not just, you know, someone who expect to be, you know, to die, basically, someone to be taken away from you, but you're talking about someone who is supposed to be there for a very long time. Yeah. And to basically be taken from you, it's like you just took you took my queen, someone yes. who I wake up to every single morning, and the person, the last face that I see when I go to bed. And it's just like, let me cry. I want to cry and I want to scream. And if I want to hit a wall, let me hit that wall. Yeah. But you can't because then they're like, haram. Yeah. What? I didn't know it was haram to cry. No, the well, first 40 days? They, well, no, no, no. It's, no, no, they you, don't say it like that, but they say like, halas, like they're more so saying like, accept this. This is accept, part of life. Oh, okay. Don't cry. It. And they do say that she, th- she does it adab if, you know, you cry right. and cry and cry. Say, say yeah. this. Yeah. And, say and more of course dress. you do. Yeah. You, of course. And no one taught me how to deal with it. And it's like, every time you want to cry to somebody, they're shutting you out. So now you're like, okay, I need to get it together, push all of that down, pretend this never happened. In order to move forward, and that's so hard to do at the age of sixteen. Yeah, and and it's it's not. And she also lost her mom. This is not yeah. just somebody an acquaintance or something like that. So not only are you dealing with the fact that your mom is now not here, but you also don't know how to even deal with it because people are telling you there's a certain way to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And if you're sixteen, like I just recently lost my grandmother at my age, and I don't know how to even deal with that. Mm-hmm. But to be a sixteen year old without your mom. That's, I don't know. I don't know how you did it somewhere. Honestly, I don't know how I did it either. Yeah. But, um, you know, they say that, you know, a believer, God will give you sabr. Yes, that's true. Alhamdulillah. But um, it took years. I had to basically, before how I dealt with it is um, pretending it never happened. Pretending that my mom went away. And, you know, there's hope for me to see her again. Because it was easier to pretend that it it wasn't real. Yeah. You know? 
That's so sad. That is. That really is. Like, on the most minimalist level. That's so sad. But I feel like that kind of pushes the progression down. Because you're not really dealing with it. You're kind of just, like, shoving it away. And that's what I did. Is basically, I just pushed it down and pushed it down and pretended like as if it happened. And it helped me in the moment. In the moment, yeah. It helped me pretend that, okay, she's there and there's still a chance of me seeing her. And then it's like, once you come to realization that she is gone... You know, as years passed by, I got married, you know, I had my children and here I am a grown woman and it's like something's missing. She's not. Yeah, she wasn't here for these. She's not here. Life moments. And it hit me and it hit me so hard as if I went back to 16. And so it was after you got married and had your children. That's when it hit you for the first time. Hard. Like as if I just started grieving. That's, I that's just trauma. started grieving. That's what I read about trauma. It literally pulls you back to the exact moment. And you're literally, you're, you are, you're reliving it. Every you, 100%. Thing. So that, all the emotions that you suppressed for that long, oh no, they're coming back out. Oh, yeah. They come but back 10 times harder. Yeah. They do. They come back 10, ten times harder. And it's like, um, I remember my first panic attack. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lying down in bed. And just like every other day, you think, you know, you're okay. Yeah. You know, life yeah. is good. I'm married. I have children. I have a home. I have a good job, mm-hmm. you know, and you're saying like, Alhamdulillah, you have your father. And it's just like, life is good. And you never thought you would smile again. But then it was three o'clock in the morning, I couldn't sleep. And it's crazy because now when I think back on it and I'm like, all of the signs of them creeping back up were there, but I was yeah. ignoring them yeah. and I kept pushing it down and pushing it down and pushing it down. I thought I was having a heart attack that wow. night. I, all of a sudden, I think I uh, shot um, the video. Well, it's not a video, but it's like a video playing the in real, your head yeah. of the whole thing of literally from start to finish, from the moment she was sitting on the couch holding the phone telling me I don't want to go to the mall oh to, you know, going to the mall to eating the steak sandwich. I mean, it is so it's clear. Details. It's everything. so clear yeah. from every moment of who she was on the phone with. I mean, every single moment was replaying and out of nowhere. I just got the chills. Love I'm love. sorry. I'm, I've got the chills. But I'm cold. And look, my voice is really <laughs> shaky. I know. I'm sorry. But it's just. Um, You're so fine. It was like. It was just replaying. Um, from like start to finish. To dropping her off to my aunt's house. To going to rent the movie. It was just. I'm yeah, telling you. Like, day. The entire day from start to finish. Literally from me standing on the stairs. To talking to her how she was sitting. All of it. And this was happening at 3 a.m. 3 a.m. So how long was your panic attack for, like, where you felt to like you me, really couldn't breathe? Yeah. It felt like, my gosh, I don't even, I don't, it felt like 15 minutes. Wow. But I, um, I woke my husband up and I said, get up, I'm having a heart attack. Yeah. And he jumps up and he was like, Summer, I'm going to call 911. Like, are you serious? I'm like, you need to call 911 because if you're not. I'm going to con- I, I'm having a heart attack and I look at him and I just say, and I'm just crying oh and I'm like, just take care of my kids oh and God. take care of each other. And he's just looking at me and this, you know, poor guy is like freaking out. No idea. Yeah. What's going what on. are you talking about? In the middle of the night and, at 3 a.m. Yeah. And you know, again, if you, when you see the strong, I mean, my husband always tells me, he's like, you know, you're, you're so strong. Every time I look at you, you know, to see, to know what you've gone through and to see you stand here, you know, it's so strong. So here he is. It's like, what? Whoa. What's going on here? You know, and an ambulance comes in and they look at me and they say, have you ever had a panic attack? And I said, no. And they said, that's exactly what you had. And wow. I just looked, I was like, a panic attack. Why would I have a panic attack? 
you, you think that our community is immune from a panic attack, mm. from these anxiety issues and depression. Because we everything. don't talk about we it. We don't talk we don't. about it. Mm. So this was the last thing that she even thought about. The yeah. first thing you thought was nope. a heart attack. Because yeah, attack. that's common. You yeah. think, oh, he, wow. And that's where the word anxiety came in. And he yeah. said, do you have any history of anxiety? And I said, no. Do you have history of depression? And I said, absolutely. Yeah. And I was depressed after my mom passed. And I was depressed for so long that I completely lost myself. But going through this, that first panic attack, the fear of having another one really messed with me. Really messed with it me. It adds an extra layer of like... Layers and layers yeah. of, oh my God, I don't want to go through Because now you're thinking that. about it. You're thinking about something that you never even knew existed. Yeah. But now you're thinking about well, it. You're not, just, not just that. Um, from the panic attack, you start to think, all of a sudden you don't know how to breathe. You literally learn, you forget how to breathe. Wow. Your chest is just like constantly tight. And you're like, oh my God, it's happening again. It's happening again. But most importantly, you are literally relearning how to breathe. Wow. Because in the midst of everything that's happening, you're just like, okay, you don't realize it, but you're holding your breath because your mind is constantly thinking. So while your mind is in a different world, the rest of your body is like still waiting for your brain to tell it what's next. That's what I was trying to understand. Like, yeah, how does a panic attack occur? Like, where you don't breathe. It's just because, yeah, your mind is somewhere else. And the mind is an amazing thing. You tell it you're having a heart a attack, it happens. It, you tell yeah. it that your stomach hurts, suddenly your stomach hurts. I mean, it's, oh my gosh. it is insane. I think, you know, when I hit, when I hit rock bottom, I, my husband did not even understand it. You know, and I would tell him, I was waking up in the middle of the night, you know, freaking out. They would go to sleep. That's where I would work, literally pace back and forth because I could not sleep because I was in fear. Yeah. I was in fear of what... This was after your first panic attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, you went through it. It's, that it's triggered. scary. It triggered, Whatever yeah. that was, that entire, the entire night just was a huge trigger. It triggered everything. I went back to 1997. I was that 16-year-old who just lost her mother. So, and this was going on night after night now. It went on for... Going untreated too. Untreated. Untreated. That's, untreated. That's not seeing anybody. Definitely significant. That yeah, you and not understanding it. what's going on with me. So, when was the moment that you realized like I need to get help? Because um, I mean, technically, it was almost as if your husband was kind of like your therapist. first person that you confided in when it came to all of this. The first person that I actually talked about it. Yeah, and that was before. That was while we were engaged, and it was just kind of like he was like didn't even realize. You know, um, he said, if you don't mind my asking, what happened to your mom? Yeah. And at that moment, I'm like, wait. It was kind of like a a wake-up call to me. Yes, exactly. Of, she is gone. And I poured it out to him at that moment, and I was like, oh, my God. But then again, with him being so, you know, just my best friend, the person that, you know, if he knew, he like, he knew he could read me, whether if I was sad, if I was mad or whatever it is he he knows if I'm thinking about my mom whatever it is he knew how to do it so he didn't realize he thought he was helping me but he was pushing it down too you know he was he was basically putting a band-aid over it yeah um, because again he doesn't understand what's going on yeah and he was almost following your lead he was following my lead but we were both because you know when I met him when he had just lost his father in a tragic way yeah so we were almost like you know hand in hand Dealing uh, with dealing with your internal struggles, but also dealing with being with a spouse that is dealing with a traumatic with issue that you haven't even dealt with yourself. No. And it's crazy because here I am helping him with his. But you haven't helped yourself. Didn't help myself because it was easier to help someone else. Yes. Yeah. 
than to help your own self because yeah. it makes you feel good. Because you like, don't okay, have to think about you it. You don't have to I think mean, about it. We do that all the time. We always give mm-hmm. advice to others, but it's like we never take our own yeah. advice either or even help our own selves. Yeah. So yeah. going back to the, you know, it's my children, mm-hmm. you know, when they see me, you know, going through all of that, they're like, okay, what's going on with mom? You know, but um, I was in a box that was so small and so dark that I literally lost myself in because I didn't know how to get out of it. And um, you didn't have the tools to get out of I it. didn't you, have you the didn't. tools and I wasn't given those tools exactly. because, you know, anyone you try to talk to, they're like, oh, you're fine. Yeah. When you pray, you do have that sense of calmness and that relief. But it's temporary. It's temp. It's temporary, and and I hate to use that word because you know salah is like well, an amazing thing, but it's, yeah. it is temporary. You get that because you're focusing on your salah and you're you're in tune. Yeah, and you're salah calm. helps, but it it doesn't get you to that point where like okay, I'm 100 percent better now. Yeah, it, the thing is why I say it's more. temporary is because you you I mean you pray throughout the day. So clearly, if salah was just permanent, you do it once and it would relieve you of all your worldly 100%. troubles. But you continue to do it because it is a temporary relief. So I think that's something our community needs to understand. We need to find a permanent relief for individuals that have gone through what you've gone through. With what you guys are doing, I think is phenomenal because, Thank you. you know, especially in our world, and when I say our world is, you know, our culture, is no one talks about it. You know, people look at you and they say, oh, look at her. She's got a wonderful family. She goes on vacation. She's got a good job. She's mm-hmm. got this. You don't know what's yeah. going on behind this face. Look, Mikasa, how do they say it? Like, there's, she's not short of anything. Like, you yeah, have everything yeah. in your life. What are you complaining? And dare do, go tell somebody. Yeah, and yeah. Like, if they do know that you're sad, it's like, why would she why be are you sad? Mad? Well, I, you, you know, have a nice husband. Husband. You have exactly, this, you have that. that. I was trying yeah. to get it. Okay, but it has nothing to do with my husband. It has yeah. nothing to do with my family. It has nothing to do with that. It has something to do with me internally. Yes. yes. And it's not even, you don't have to go through a traumatic event in order to get these feelings. Yes. It's yes. more common now in our younger children, oh, yeah. believe it or not. You know, and that's one thing I'm very aware of with my children is my daughter will freak out over an exam. Mm-hmm. And she gets anxiety and she had her first panic attack. You know, she's like hyperventilating. I was like, whoa, child, you'll okay. be fine. You're going to be okay. It's just an exam. You do the best that you can. And that is it, you know, and I blame myself for that because, and as a parent, and I will be the first to admit that, well, I don't want to say the first, I'm sure there's other yeah. people admit it, but <laughs> I guess on air, I'll be the first to admit <laughs> that, you know, I unintentionally put that pressure on my daughter. Oh, you, you got it. B? What's a B going to do for you? You know? And you don't do it intentionally, like, to be like... You do it because you want what's best for them. My parents were the same way. Like, a B stands for, but it could have been an A type of thing. (laughs) Like, but my parents were like, we're very loving. Yeah. But it was pressure. And then you have siblings, so you're also trying to, like, do better than your siblings. You're trying to compete. Yeah. But the thing is, is, like, here is my daughter who's like, wait a minute, a B's not good enough. So it's like... What else are you telling her? I had to step back and be like... It's okay, mama. A B is fine. Yeah. A C is, she's never gotten C, but, you know, we kind of like throw that and she fights for it and she's competing against her own self of making sure she's getting that A to the point that if she gets an A minus, she's not happy. Yeah. So we start them young where we're giving them all this pressure. Exactly. And it's it's all of us. And it's all of, and I, I think that's because that's how we kind of grew up like you need to get straight A's. What do you mean? You got a, you got an A minus. Tablish A, right? Where's the plus? 
what? So did you have to take like yeah a step back and realize I did. I like took a step back and I had to. Stop I her. didn't like when this was happening to me. I cannot pass this down to my daughter. Even something as small as just like getting good grades in school or whatnot. Right, and yeah. that's where it starts because yeah. the thing is that I don't want people to misunderstand. Uh, the listeners to misunderstand that you have to go through a traumatic event. It could be anything, especially mm-hmm. us us women that take on so much on our plates of, you know, whether it's being, oh, I got to be home by a certain time to go cook dinner. I have to go be home by a certain time. I have a Azuma. I have this, you know, when your brain is trained to work at a thousand miles per hour. And be at 10 different places at the same time. And do 10 different jobs at the same time. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the pressure is on. The pressure is on us. We have so much to do. But anxiety is, it starts with anxiety. It leads on to, you know, um, anxiety attacks. Oh, okay. From anxiety attacks, it goes into, you know, panic attacks. And then starts depression. From there, it gets worse. You know, I I started off with anxiety, anxiety attacks, panic attacks depression and it's like okay what's going on so finally you know um going back to your question i'm sorry we actually kind of like went everywhere that's why it's kicking in no just no well i'm enjoying this because yeah. i was like wow i mean you get to really see an actual person that lived through First this hand, not just like a story that that's being honest about 100 percent. and i honestly one thing i will say loud and proud i am not ashamed i am not ashamed of what be. i went through and I will never no, be ashamed. Be. I actually say, Alhamdulillah, maybe this is the reason why I went through what I went through, the purpose of it, even if it's someone that, you know, that's listening or other people. And that's why I posted it. I've gotten so many people that have said, you're crazy for posting that. I said, that's the purpose. Yes. That was my purpose is because you may think I'm crazy, but somebody else out there is like, wow, that's exactly how I felt, but I couldn't put it into words. Yeah. We need to normalize the conversation. <laughs> Yeah, we need to normalize that. Like, yes, I'm not feeling good. I'm not mentally. I'm not no. good. And that's the thing is, I started to think I was, and that's the problem. You crazy start thinking you're like on top of dealing with a traumatic event, on top of dealing with anxiety and not knowing what a panic attack is. Other people are telling you that you're crazy. So you also have to like deal with like thinking, oh my god, am I crazy? So yeah. then you drive yourself crazy. You do even on top of all you that. You do because then you start to think. You know, um, I remember at my father's house, I was having one of my episodes yeah um and it was a big azuma it was filled it was filled the house was completely filled up and you know all of a sudden these headaches you know it's i had this weird headache that i could not explain and it was a lot of those headaches that i would go to the emergency room and yeah. try to explain and the doctor would look at me like um i'm gonna put you on some xanax <laughs> they're looking at you like okay you are definitely having you like you have anxiety so you're all of a sudden everywhere i go i'm hearing anxiety going back to my dad's house um, everyone looks at me and they're like, this is where it started getting worse and worse. This is like right before I finally said, okay, I need help. Yeah. Um, my dad looks at me and he's like, you know, he's like, Shumatic, you know, you're not normal. You know, I walk in there and I'm like, Salamu alaikum, what's up pops? You know, I'm like that very outgoing person. So I walk in and completely pale white. Also my uncle, um, he's like, I'm all you okay. And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. He's like, come on, let's go take a walk. And uh, I was trying to explain to him. And I just, I was like, I don't know why, but mama's coming back. Mama, the day mama died, it just keeps coming back and coming back and it replaces my head and I have a headache. I have a headache. I just want it to stop. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. It's okay if um, you have to take a moment no, it's, because it's very traumatic. This is not something that you're just, just talking about and you're over it. You're still going through no, it. Of People course, need to understand of that. Of course. But I know this is like, <laughs> I know it's a little intimidating with the mic in our faces. I, I'm like, but um, 
And he says, he's like, I'm all hamha, you know, we're all going to go someday and everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, my he's, he's just that, you know, he's that teddy bear. And he's just like, um, you don't even know. He doesn't know what to say, but other than what he's trained. You know, exactly. You're supposed to say Allah Yerhamha. And I was like, I know I'm all, I know I'm supposed to say that. Yeah. But what did I do wrong? What's going on? Why am, why is this happening to me now? Why is this all coming now? I can't think straight. I'm I can't stay home by myself. I can't do this anymore because the fear and everything, because you're afraid of having a panic attack while you're home alone, your kids are off at school and your husband's at work. You know, it's just like, you're just trying to figure it out and you're trying to basically go back to being normal. You know, you are trying to be normal again, but you forgot how to be because you've been in this box for so long that it's so hard to climb out. And it's like every time you try to talk to somebody, like you're, you're putting out your hand, you know, you're wow. reaching out, but then it's just like pushed, yeah. pushed out. Where do you go from here? Where do you go from here? Do you stay in this box? Do you get help? What do you do? I hated leaving. I needed a lot of people around me because it goes back. Mm-hmm. to being when I was 16 is that when the house was full, I was okay. But then when you're alone again, that's when the thought process and everything comes that's back. So you have to avoid thoughts. it. Yeah. You, exactly. You don't want to be alone because when you're alone, that's when you start thinking. And that's when everything starts to go back to 1997. And it's crazy because some people who don't understand will be like, what are you talking about? That's, that sounds nuts. Yeah. Well, Yeah. I read you know, about it. it. I told you, nuts. I read a book about it, and it's exactly what you're saying. You relive it. You truly relive it. Yeah, you do because you didn't cope. You didn't cope. Exactly. You didn't grieve. You weren't sad. You basically had to kind of like brush it off. Yeah, you're just like, prolonging oh. it. You're, you're prolonging the yeah the coping part of <laughs> you never got to do it initially, so you're holding on to all this pain, all this yeah. pain that you're not allowed to release. You don't realize it until that breaking point, and that and which was the panic attack. Well, the kind panic of? attack was kind of a wake up of, hey, remember me? Yes, yeah, something's going on. You yeah. Remember what happened? I'm back. Yeah. You're going to deal with me now. Yeah. So, you know, I've given you this long. So we're going to go ahead and deal with this. When okay? like like a monster. Certain things that trigger these panic attacks? Yes. Winter. Because and that's, that's when, when it happened. happened. Yes. It was, that was my first panic attack was um, winter. It happened in December. So anytime it feels gloomy or... Or just even going where the last place that your mom went. Where oh, you I won't go. Went. Yeah. I avoid you it just at avoid all costs. It. Because that would definitely be a huge trigger mm-hmm. in itself yeah. right yeah. there. Or even seeing people. If her best friend, Certain I avoided people, her. Yeah. I could not see yeah. her. I wouldn't even talk to her. Because like sometimes even smells bring me back to like certain, certain memories. memories. Yes. Her perfume. Yeah. yeah, I can't. Um, Amar Abdullah, <laughs> yeah, because that was um, the first time that uh, his song Yasaid came out. Oh my god, we were that's so sad. Like, we were in yeah. the in the car, and she knows I love uh, Amar Abdullah. Yeah, and she picked me up from school, and she uh, she she's like, I have a surprise for you. Uh, yeah, and I'm like, uh, cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> and she puts Yasaid and she just starts dancing and, and the car uh, ride from school to home is an hour yeah so uh you know just seeing her and just like dancing just together so it's I'm gonna have the luck for a while yeah I couldn't I couldn't hear his voice yeah so um even my dad because yeah. seeing his yeah. pain um when you know somebody like they called my mom and dad lovebirds going back to my dad's house um after you had your talk with your uncle yeah, we went back inside, and uh, my aunt, my uncle's wife, she goes, are you okay? I said, I'm not okay. I need you to call Lily, which is my cousin who's a doctor. And she 
again, this is surprising to everyone because yeah. nobody sees someone like this. Yeah. You know, so she calls Lily immediately and uh, Lily calls me and I said, you know, Lily, something's wrong. And her voice, let me tell you, this girl's voice is can like cure anybody. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's so calming. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just basically, she's like, Summer, you have to stay calm. Take some ibuprofen. And she knew that I could not even get myself to take that. She's like, you're not going to die if you take one. Yeah. You need to relax and just take it. She was, she was as, as, as well said, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it has a lot to do with anxiety. Um, but I just couldn't figure out why. So now I'm like trying to basically figure out my life. Because now you're accepting the fact that you have anxiety. You're going to have these panic attacks. Well, no, now like, I'm, I'm accepting it, yeah. but I'm not understanding it. Exactly. And now I'm trying to live with it live with it and around it yeah Yeah. basically i'm letting it control my life Mm -hmm. now it's controlling me it has full control of me yeah one thousand percent i have no way in fighting i've lost all fighting my guards are completely down now it's like completely taking over so now everything from driving to even just normal day to day yeah to going to my father's house to anything like i could not get behind a wheel because now it's a fear of what if. I literally could not be in the house alone. I had to leave. And I would not come back until somebody was there. Because I feared that something would happen. And one of those days where I think this was like two years down. So you're talking like misery yeah, for two years. And, um, and I lost so much weight. It was raining that day. I dropped off my son to school. And again, I, want, I don't want to go home. Um, I went to... Whole Foods, and I honestly, don't even remember why. I think I was looking for a book. At Whole Foods, yes, because they have like a lot of like holistic things. Or, yeah. like, oh, stuff I didn't like know that. that. And um, I couldn't get my body out of the car. I just couldn't. I did not want to get out. I had no energy or motivation or anything. Ener- energy, forget motivation. Yeah. There was no energy left inside yeah. of me. I was like at my last. You're just depleted at point. this point. Yeah, it's like it won. I think that's when I was like, oh, there's Barnes & Noble. Let me go to Barnes & Noble. So I go to Barnes & Noble, and I was in a parking lot just sitting there, and it's like raining so bad. Um, and all of a sudden, I had a coworker who never texted me, like hasn't texted me in such a long time. It's like, hey, how are you? And again, knowing who I am, I'm not the person to tell you yeah. what's going on with me. Oh, I'm great. As tears are falling down my face, oh, I'm great. Yeah. Having a wonderful life. Yeah. I'm just freaking just awesome yeah I was like I'm not good I'm not good and she said why what's going on with you and I just I told her I said this is what's going on she said you need to go see this guy who is a holistic practitioner and I'm like you know being the Arabia that I am I'm like shof what is all this yeah make a holistic practitioner yeah that's you know the first thought yeah so um that's when I made my first appointment I think it was like for a while but I was like I can't wait that long yeah I started googling like, you know, at uh, home treatments or something or other doctors that you I could was, see. Well, that's therapist. why I was like, okay, I can't wait until I see him. I need to see somebody ASAP yeah. because I literally was so weak. I had yeah. a great paying job. I had, was like happy at my job. And I just basically everything just started crumbling down. My husband was like looking at me because he didn't know how to help me. He's like seeing me get it worse and worse. And now it's like, you know, especially with my husband, you know, he, again, he's like the same as us out of like, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing. Just stop it's thinking about it. Yeah. It's all in your head. Just stop thinking about it. And he saw me get to the point when we were in Vegas with the kids. That's when he saw like, okay, 
It's an issue. This is an issue. And I'm going to that. We'll go back to yeah that one really fast, but going to Vegas. What happened was my kids wanted to see uh, Michael Jackson, Cirque du Soleil. So we get these front row tickets and um, literally the best seats that you could think of. And uh, the first anxiety flare that's happening is, you know, bunch of people are coming back and forth like you see a stampede and the first thing I'm thinking is where's my son where's my daughter and I'm like oh my god you know anybody can get snatched yeah so we go and sit down and I realize that our seats are in the middle I'm like okay how in the heck am I going to get out of this if something were to happen I'm in the middle look of the row that you're telling we're in the middle literally middle trapped that's the first thing like oh my god I'm trapped how am I going to get out yeah. There's no way. We're all the way here, and the door, the exit door is way down over there. So I'm looking to my right. I was like, okay, well, hopefully nobody comes and sits next to me. I'll be okay. Pitch black dark in there, and a family comes in, and I start seeing everyone is starting to fill up, and I'm like, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to stay calm. And my husband looks, and he's like, Samar, do not start. Don't start. You're okay. Stay calm. And he immediately just read it. He could see your face. Yeah. My face goes from like, to a happy to yeah yeah oh my god and then my daughter looks she's like oh not again oh no so she's used to these exactly episodes. and then yeah. my son is looking like really mom and i'm looking like my god like if you only knew it wasn't up to me well, yeah it's, and, and exactly that's, just, that's and, all yeah. exactly i mean that's what angers you but at yeah. the same time you're like wow i am disappointing my family yeah they hate mm-hmm. me right now yeah. They are so embarrassed of me right now. They're so sick of me right now. They're sick of all the episodes. They're sick of everything that's going on. So now it's like, what do you do? So the icing on the cake was as soon as, I guess, like the, event the show, like yeah. the show, like it didn't even start. It literally just started like the lighting and stuff and the loud noise. And I just jumped and screamed. And the lady's like, are you okay? And I literally ran out the auditorium. Yeah. And, um, and I walked into the bathroom, mind you, everyone's in there and subhanAllah lady comes in and I'm literally hovered over and I'm like trying to breathe and I couldn't breathe. And she's like, honey, you're okay. And she rubs my back. She's like, it's just a panic attack. It's okay. You're fine. You're okay. Breathe. And she's teaching me how to breathe till this day. I'm like, wow, subhanAllah. Like at that moment, when everybody's inside and yes, at that one moment, Allah sends you these angels. I'm telling you, and specifically meant to be, it was a perfect timing. And it's not like your husband could have left the kids or anything like that. It just, it was just nice that there was a lady there to help you. I think that my family was so used to it that they thought you'd come right back. She'll be be right back. Yeah. That even if he couldn't. So, after that was calm, so when there he just, I just, I was so embarrassed. My kids are like, oh, you know, I couldn't even spend time with my kids. So it affects you in so many ways. You know, just living, you know, just getting up out of bed alone takes so much energy of you. Things that we take for granted every 100%. day, honestly. 100%. So I Googled a doctor, checked his health grades, checked everything, everything. you can think about. And um, I, uh, I went there and he's all natural, all natural. Um, and he said, first thing he said, he's like, do you take anything for depression? I said, no. Do you take anything for panic attacks? I said, no. I'm like, well, my primary care doctor wants me to take Xanax, but I refuse. He's like, absolutely not. He's like, that stuff is worse than someone who injects heroin. Oh my gosh. Wow. 
because and, I mean, they so throw hard. these medications like, at you. Yeah, it's like, let's just like medicate you. Let's numb the feelings. Let's not actually take care of the Yeah, that's not a solution. It's just numbing you temporarily exactly. until the next time you need your refill. Basically. He did biofeedback. Yeah. Um, right? Biofeedback. Is that what it is? The neurofeedback or something. Something so basically, it, he, <laughs> he basically looks at your brain and he pointed at, he literally on point was, this is PTSD. This is, you know, anxiety. This is your fear of driving. This, he called it out. So yeah. that was one. And then, of course, you speak to a counselor of things that you, and you know, the, the easiest thing for us is talking to somebody who doesn't know you. I just said that today to you. You did say that. I did. I said it's so much easier to talk to a stranger than it 100%. is to talk to like a family member. That stranger is not going to judge you. That stranger is not going to look at you in a different way. It's safe. Yeah. And that's what matters most is to have that safe place to basically say what you want. And that's when I let it out. I'm angry. I'm angry I lost out on years with my mom. I'm angry that my brother lost out on it. I'm angry that my my kids didn't meet this amazing woman. I'm angry that I basically had to figure out everything on my own at 16. I'm angry that I did not get to become the doctor that I wanted it to become because when she died, I just stopped. You lost yeah. all control of your life at yes. that point. And you were trying to just survive at the bare minimum. 100%. Yeah. You know, it's just like everything just shatters and collapses and it's like where what do I how do I how do I smile again? How do I laugh again? If I laugh again, that's so wrong of me. Because my mom died. You're not allowed to laugh. You feel kind of mm-hmm. guilty. Guilty. And it was guilt because even during the wintertime, mm-hmm. if I was, if it was cold outside, I didn't want to cover myself because why should I be covered when she should, when she's going to be cold? You think of things that aren't even real, but you try to punish yourself because you feel like you don't deserve it. So you know, of course, as you get older, you're like, okay, this is the age, you know, and that's the thing. It's like you're getting closer to the age where it's happening. So it's like, well, this is the age, like in another year, she'll be like, you know, this is the time my mom died. Or the closer you get to it, it's just a constant Did you ever thinking. feel, this might be personal, but did you ever feel at the point where you just wanted to take your own life because it was that depressing that you felt like you had no way out? There was no solution at one point before you realized you were you're able to get treated and whatnot. Did you ever feel like there's no point in living because I'm going to continue going when through this? When my mom died, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, I mean... Your world um, left you, basically. Your mom, which was your world. I don't want to give yeah. a, um, a picture of it, but in order for somebody to understand is you are going about your day. You are literally going about your day a normal Saturday, like any other Saturday, where you're going to the mall. You're going out to eat. You know, it's a routine. It's literally yeah. the routine every Saturday. Nothing changes. Nothing was out of the norm. For that, that day, day was. Yeah. But that day was. Yeah, that day. The first time that my mom actually came with us to go rent a movie. She's never, ever, ever gone with us. Even, even like after, if we didn't go with me driving, my brother, my older brother would take us. But my mother has never gone with us. That specific day, she said, I'm coming with you guys. And I'm like, what? what do you mean you're coming with us? No, you're not. You're going by Khalto Iman's house. Like, go have your coffee, mom. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm going to come with you guys. It's like as if, it's a, subhanAllah, it's like as if they know. Yeah. Like, it is. I mean, it's true. Time. They do know that they, it is yeah. their time. Certain yeah. things start happening. Yeah. So the picture is, is like when you're seeing your mom is basically putting her hand out to open a door. And within seconds, you don't see anything. Within seconds, you literally see your mom just struck and taken in seconds. 
Not even a goodbye. Basically, you didn't even get to have your final words or anything like that. It was just halas. I just got the chills again. Like yeah, it's... because it's like I don't. I think we take a lot of things for granted in we life. We do. Yeah. And it's like, like we get mad at our moms. We, you know, oh why, you know, why would you say that? Why would you do that? And then you don't realize that like it could be. Here's what I want to bring awareness to a lot of people, and this is Dana, so serious. You're making serious. me cry. I know. Well, I know. Hear stories that you I don't want. You, I don't know. No, no. Here's what I I want to bring awareness to, um, and it's so important. I can guarantee you. So many out of so many of us in our community have whether it's children or family members or brothers that have whether it's PTSD or anxiety, depression, and we're so embarrassed about it. And I'm sorry it angers me because if I knew, if I knew or if my family knew what I was going through at that time and they understood it. I would have gotten help. I wouldn't have been suffering and lost all all these years with my children and vacations and everything, my job, all of it. And again, I say alhamdulillah for it. But again, I just want people to understand that. Take another look at your family. Take another look at yourself. Any signs, whether it's isolation, whether it's anger, irritation, any of that, you make sure that you open that ear to your family member, your friend, or any of it, and you get them help. And if you don't understand it, go learn, educate yourself. Do you know how many suicides have happened in our community? Because it's basically about shame. And they would rather pretend that it's not happening to their own child than to to actually treat their child and get them help. Like you, you want to care for your child by not allowing others to talk about them, but truly you're harming your child more than ever by allowing them to suffer behind closed doors because you care about the people out in the open and what exactly. they think of your child. And I think our generation is raised a little bit. Well, we were raised that way, but I think our generation is going to be the generation that changes this. We're more open about more the open, and we are talking about yeah. it. I mean, I don't blame our parents during their time. Was anybody talking about mental health and mental illnesses? It wasn't no, an issue, no, no, it was, was it wasn't. It was it was actually existing. It, it always existed. It wasn't an issue. But the conversations, yeah, yeah, yes, happened yeah. exactly. Zena. Never. Because, no. So would that be your advice to parents nowadays? Listen to your child. I think we need to stop thinking culturally when it comes to issues like that. I think we need to 100% raise awareness for it and, and create that safe zone and make sure, I mean, if you don't want to create it, I mean, you don't have to go to another Arabia. You don't have to go to a sheikh yeah. to treat your child. You know, it's, it's got nothing to do with that. I think you people know? need to understand that we're humans first before being Muslim. 100%. We're human first, like within the insides of us. Yeah, and Islam can help. Yeah. But, you know, like, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but you, when you pray, you're talking to God. Yeah. But sometimes God doesn't talk back to you. You know what At I that mean? moment so that you need help. you feel so alone. Yeah. So it's talking to I people. I think God it's... is always talking to us in certain ways. But, I think but you have to keep looking, your eyes open. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not looking for those signs, yeah. you're not going to see them. You're going to yeah. miss them. You're, the night before yeah. I went to... Barnes and Noble, and I got yeah. that. I actually, I, uh, I was praying. Yeah. And I looked up, and my hands up, with tears in my eyes, and with all of my heart and my soul. And I said, God, please take this pain from me, or just take me. Because that's how painful this is. That's how traumatizing, it's not, depressing. It's like so... Overwhelming. It's almost unexplainable. It's yeah. overwhelming. And you don't understand it. It takes over and you just don't know how to cope. You don't know what to do anymore. It's like 
Now it's like, what do I do? Not only that you are replaying this video in your head, you're thinking about your house, you're thinking about your husband, you're thinking about your kids, you're thinking about your job, you're thinking about your father. So it's just more pressure on top of it. You can't really deal with it. You issue. can't. You can't deal with it because you, you don't. You don't, you know, don't know what to, it's not even just yeah. don't know how your sources are there. Yeah. It's the matter of the push yeah. of, do I do it? What if somebody sees me walking in there? What if they see me? Oh my God, they're going to, it's not, you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. Mental health is not crazy. You yeah. should not be shamed about it. It's literally a part of life. And I say, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, that I was able to overcome this, you yeah. know, and that is why I want people to hear this story. You know, if you can come, if you can overcome the most traumatic event in your life, stand tall and be able to still talk about it. That's so important. And that's the thing is like people don't realize that there are people out there, you know, don't ever judge a book by its cover. Don't ever. Absolutely. You know, if you see somebody smiling or whatever, I mean, even on my posts, like, oh my God, I would have never thought that you were going through this. Yeah. But you don't know what skeletons I have in my closet. You don't know what demons I deal with at night. It's so easy to like judge someone based I mean, on their clothes, a, yeah. their hair, their makeup. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Now, right now, everybody's so like anxious, worried about like, you know, pleasing everyone else. Rather yeah. Than pleasing, rather than pleasing themselves and pleasing. We're so quick to impress everybody else on our timeline that we forget to even impress ourselves. Like, when was the last time you impressed yourself? That you even patted yourself on the back? I'm like, damn, I just did this. I'm so yeah. proud of myself. Yeah, Seriously. Myself I'm proud of you right now. I deserve it. Yes. Honestly, yeah, the you day. You it. need to, people need to transition into that where you need to really celebrate impress yourself, yourself yeah. celebrate yourself, put yourself first. I don't care how many times people say, oh, she's all about herself. Yeah, I will be all about myself. And that's okay. That's it not is. being selfish. You know, sometimes we have to be selfish. Yes. We have to be selfish with ourselves. And Absolutely. that's the one thing where I had to take that step back. And I was selfish with myself. And I needed to be because okay. Because if you're not, you can't be the good wife. You can't or the be mom. the good mom. Exactly. You yeah. can't be the good friend exactly. or daughter. You can't be there and for I, anyone. And you can't be there for yourself. If you're not, if you, you yeah. know, everyone's worried about, you know, summer body and all of that body and this and that and this. But mental health oh comes first yes. mental health yeah. when you are okay here yeah you're okay everywhere else everything else just falls in place Absolutely. even religion i'm telling you like i'm oh my gosh people always say like you know pray ikrai quran ikrai quran and it's like i can't focus I'm praying. I can't because you skip the stuff yeah. on everything else because my mind when i'm praying araka I'm literally thinking about yeah, a million things, a million things yeah. and I can't stay focused. So when a sheikh says, okay, I understand, but look at your carpet <laughs> when you're, when you're praying and you're trying to focus. And then all of a sudden, like, oh my gosh, that looks like a number eight. Yeah. You exactly. know, and people were like, oh, that's ADD or ADHD. Yeah. But no, that's me being me. Yeah. yeah. That's me being Not like, being able to it's almost when mind. they tell you to pray, you're skipping the most vital part, the vital step, which is to take care of yourself and by getting treated first. I think that's the first that step. Is, but so we kind of, a habit, yeah, a habit of trying to control my thoughts is keeping myself occupied. That was the way, but here's what happens. It's controlled during the day, but come put that head on that pillow. Everything just comes in and you're like, okay, how do I do that? So I have to sleep with the TV on in order to control yeah, my thoughts until I thoughts. fall asleep. So in order for me to keep my thought on a TV and to stop those thoughts, I have to hear something yeah. in the background. Otherwise, I won't sleep. You know, Absolutely. this is before. So now that I have control and I understand and I've gotten the help that I needed, it's like, you know, 
I literally forgot how to smile before. I forgot how to laugh. I couldn't even talk to anybody because while if I was talking to you, I, your, your mouth is moving. But I don't hear one Your word mind is somewhere else. My yeah. mind is somewhere else. I'm like, oh my God, is that that sharp pain in my, my chest? Oh my God, they'll be so embarrassed if I have a panic, panic attack right in front oh of her gosh. right now. Yeah. You know, that's literally what's control. going through. It, it, it literally, yeah. it takes so much control of you, your mind, your body, and your soul. So if you're okay, if your mind is healthy, your prayers and everything else comes like, naturally and naturally and you're just like and it feels and you'll get actually more benefit from the prayers 100 because you can pray and your mind is wandering aimlessly so you're not getting anything out of this anything out of saying these words of the quran and everything it's not going to benefit you until you take care of yourself first you know how many times i'll be like i just lost where i'm at what so what was the point of that yeah exactly i'm like astaghfirullah like you can't even you can't even stay focused on it so it's true because so when someone says you know pray and i'm like Okay, and you want to go try, and you're like, okay, this is going to help. I had a panic attack while I was praying. Had because you feel like you're failing it almost kind of? No, you just literally are like, oh my God, what if I die right now? And you're like, oh, oh that would be the most amazing thing. Yeah. You know, like, but during prayer. During prayer, right, but you're not even praying right. Yeah. So it's like when I go, when I go to, um, I went to the urgent care actually. Yeah. And they're like, what's going on? I'm like, well, my heart started racing so fast. Well, what were you doing? I was praying. And they're looking like, I'm, what? I'm like, I was praying and they're looking like, what does it, what, what kind of prayer are you doing yeah. that requires your heart to go that fast? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. I was just standing still and thoughts just went. And that's what I'm trying to get at is like yeah. my thoughts just started racing that I couldn't even focus on my prayers and boom, mind takes over you and you're just like, so going back to like, how are you treating it now? How are you dealing with those feelings, those running thoughts after, you know, the biofeedback, we finished the sessions with that. Um, basically, that helped with the, you know, focus, the focusing. Um, and then, of course, you know, the holistic practitioner go to um, Chris. So that's basically your therapy, your counselor. Your counselor. I've referred him to so many people. Um, and he basically teaches you how to, you know, the breathing techniques. And what I loved what he said was like anxiety. He's like, I don't like to use that word anxiety. He's like, I like to call it stress. Yeah. Because anxiety comes from stress, right? Yeah. yeah. And you feel like you can kind of control stress more than anxiety. Right. Type of thing. It's like playing a trick on your mind. That's what he, yeah. exactly, is like, you know, basically, well, if I put stress in my head rather than anxiety, I have control of that somewhat, right? Um, so he teaches you, like, uh, basically, gosh, this is crazy that I'm going to say it because, you know, when I heard it, I was like, oh, my God, what? Chakra. So basically, you know, yeah. he does the chakra and um, all of that. Then he has um, Allie who does acupuncture and cupping. I've been wanting to do acupuncture because I just want to try. I it. am. Yeah, I, I've heard I'm such like great so things. So scared of needles. Yeah, like so fearful of needles. Yeah. And um, when I did the first time, I was like, "Oh my god, this is phenomenal!" And I did the cupping. That's it's all natural, yeah. all natural. Um, and then of course, of course, the natural supplements and they do work. See, we don't think that when you think of getting treated or going you to a therapist, you think you're going to, they're going to throw pills, all these yep. medications down your throat and, and you're going to even be worse. But yeah, that's yeah. the thing. If you go to the wrong person, exactly. absolutely. You're going to, you yeah. are going to get, I mean, like, I'm you glad know, you took the other route. A hundred percent. I mean, yeah. but that's, I never wanted, even especially when you go to a professional, a real professional, a good professional, he as well will tell you yeah. that you don't need those medications. It's basically a chemical imbalance. Yeah. Yeah. It's based all your emotions yeah. and everything else that's going on in your body 
is they're causing these things. So it's okay. It doesn't mean you're crazy. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that you've got so much going on in, on your mind and your body that is just taking over and it's just doing its own thing. And I feel like medication, like you already feel like you've lost yourself. It makes it worse. It would make it so much worse. Yes, it makes it 100% worse. You can't pray if you cannot be focused. Exactly. And you cannot be focused if you don't get the help. And you can't get the help unless you actually come to realize, like, I want to be happy again or, you know, normal, you know, just, and I don't want to say that because it's, you know, you are normal. It's just, I think the best thing that I heard from Chris is that when he said, and so did, you know, Dr. Schwartz is, you know, that this is just a chemical imbalance, you know, that, and that's literally what it is when you have a professional showing you like, this is what's going on. And this is why it's happening. You know, you have that sense of, I can control this. It's not going to have control over me. Absolutely. I'm going to put my foot down and I'm going to freaking control this stuff because I'm not going to live like this. You know, we can say this all day, but if you don't get that help and if you don't put, you know, put your foot down and take that first step to be like, I want to breathe normal again. I want to laugh with my friends again. I want to go out. I've lost friends. I've lost my job. Well, I didn't, I quit because I couldn't do it anymore because they see this strong person go from, Hey, on top of the world. I'm, yeah. I'm literally on her A game down to who is this girl now? Yeah. yeah. So I had to walk away because I'm going to re- let you remember me at my strongest versus let you see me in my, we- my weakest. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's when I chose to walk away. So it's like now you view the world in a different way. You're like, wow, the skies are blue. Yeah. Hey, right. <laughs> you know, it's like you smile, you're happy. I don't want to say, but you network. You start to be like, oh my gosh, like, oh my you God. You start building are, relationships. You literally build so well, much. And, and people so get great to know too. you. Yeah. And anytime, alhamdulillah, ever since I said it, I've said it on my personal Instagram and also said it on Anonymous Addictions. And how many people that have reached out, that makes me feel so damn good about actually coming yeah. out. And that's why I say I'm not ashamed. Absolutely. Because it feels amazing to know that if out of like 100 people, one person reached out, mission accomplished yeah and you'll have more people do the same thing that you did and Mm -hmm. what i'm yeah what i'm thinking about is like your kids like now they know how to deal with this stuff so when they get older they have kids they know how to deal with their kids and their feelings which is what you did with your yeah it's just gonna keep going it's a domino effect so when it came to anonymous addictions when did you create that when did you start your business fashion has been a part of me since like since i was five since i was gonna be a doctor yeah i if you any of my cousins or my family, they'll tell you they were my Barbies, literally, <laughs> um, from dressing them up, putting makeup, doing hair, and mm-hmm. everything. Um, but anonymous addictions came through in the process of the struggle. Wow. It was in the struggle, actually. I felt, and it's crazy because you do feel good when you dress a certain way. Yeah. It yeah, gives you, you it's, it's kind of yeah. like that costume. Right? Well, it changes my when, mood yeah, like big time. I if I dressed up for work, I feel so much more powerful. Yeah. yeah, you feel powerful. You, it's like a costume you put on, like that. You know, they're superheroes. Yeah, you know, you just like okay, I gotta get my together yeah. and put on my, you know, and you know, slay yeah. the day. But anonymous addictions, um, and that's why it's called anonymous addictions, is because we are all anonymous to our addictions. Yeah, you know, and addictions being for me was my anxiety and my depression. I wasn't addicted to it, but my mind became addicted to yeah. that world. Yeah. And I was that anonymous girl. Yeah. 
because nobody knew. I love that. I love that you called it. It was. It's nice. It's it nice is. to like how you incorporated that. It. It's literally, honestly, it's something that I love. And honestly, I'll never forget when we were setting up the store. My a fireman walked in and he was doing his checking. Yeah. And he um, was like, he came in like really like like so scary and so mean. And I'm like, oh hi, how are you? And he was just like, mm, whatever. And I don't know how I was brought up. I think I was signing some papers. I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, just get so anxious. I was like, oh, you should try some GABA. And he like all of a sudden was like, wait, what? I'm telling you, this guy was like, did not want to have like even talk to me. Yeah. And I was like, try some GABA. And he's like, what? I was like, yeah, I dealt with anxiety. You know, I take GABA, which I take now is ashwagandha. Mm-hmm. I take ashwagandha at night. I swear by and it. It's all natural. All, all natural. That's amazing. I drink Tulsi tea sweet rose at night it's and it has whole i take holy basil maca root all of that stuff is completely natural and all done by a holistic practitioner so it's not like i decided to go to whole foods like i said yeah. earlier <laughs> i'm just glad you took this route because it gives people hope that they don't they don't have to fear all this medication no and that's and what no, my fear yeah. was that my fear was like oh my god they're gonna yeah. give me some um what is that that they put on the commercials like well if you're feeling some side effects and, and you're you gonna might have a heart attack and you're like why are you giving me that right? <laughs> but you also lose you you yeah. lose your personality. You do. You lose, like, who you are. Yeah, like, I've, yes. I've had four people that were on um, just from anonymous addictions. And I'm telling you, people that walked in just like, what's anonymous addictions? And I'm yeah. like, oh, well, you know, like, what's the backhand story of that? And I, and I tell them, like, that. oh, my God. And all of a sudden, they're just coming out with their stuff. And I was like, try this. Try that. Try that. And they'll come back like, girl. Do you know that I have been off of my Prozac? I was like, oh my God, does That's your doctor awesome. know? <laughs> oh yeah, make sure <laughs> your doctor knows. <laughs> yeah, right. And they're like, no, I talked to my doctor. They weaned me off of it and da da da. And I was like, yeah. okay. I was like, girl, because I am not no doctor. I said I wanted to be one, but I'm not one. Yeah. But it's amazing when you see people come back and like, oh my God, you know, you've changed my life. Or, you know, you've had the people, honestly, that have come in. I was like, so like just out of it. Yeah who either just lost their husband or have just gotten a divorce that come in and they're going through all these, you know, emotions in this roller coaster and you've just put them in this fitting room and you style them from head to toe. Wallahi is the best feeling. It's, it feels so good. Wallahi, I just wish that you guys can even like understand the feeling that you get from inside that butterfly of when they come back, like, I got to show you some pictures. Oh my God. What you have, you have changed my life. And you just think like, wow, just, to know that just you from impacted, a wardrobe. Yeah. yeah, just from a wardrobe of telling them of like, girl, you'll be okay. Da, 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 and you just talk to them. You just, you know, you, you just start those nice bonds and those relationships. Relate. It starts with the conversation. I think these days we're just so behind our screens that we forgot how to communicate yeah. with people in person. Like we don't do that as much. No, anymore. you avoid people. And it's, and it's crazy because a lot of, a lot of uh, the people that do come in, um, they, you can tell, you can, yeah. you can point it out now that you've been going through it. Yeah. You just look at someone and you're like, I know she's Something's going through something. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you have to kind of like pick and choose words to kind of open for this, you know, open yeah. that discussion. And then when you do, it's like, okay. Yeah. What would be your final words for the people that are listening and that, that need that extra push? Like, would you just say, I mean, just go ahead, just do it and go talk to go get the help you need. Yeah. Be aware of what you're going through, um, accept it and yes. fix it and don't be ashamed of it. And it's going to be okay. And once that it is under control, you will know how to deal with it. Um, but 100% go get the help because life with a smile 
and living is going to be all worth it. And remember, everything's confidential. You don't have to tell anybody. No one yeah. needs to know. You know, just Google it, pick up the phone, or even reach out to me myself. I mean, I can... That's a great point that you put out there, too, that it is confidential. I think people fear that now they'll be labeled as, like, the friend that has problems, or your parents might not be okay with you going and doing all this stuff. But, Hollis, it's confidential. You're an adult now. you got to take care, control of your life. 100%. And I will say that, you know, your friends are amazing, and yes. I know that you love them. However, if you're not comfortable with saying anything, you don't have to. Yeah. If you have questions, you can text me, DM me. Well, not text text me because you don't know my number. But you but can DM. It's anonymous addictions. Anonymous yeah, addictions. Yeah, let them know your Instagram. Just yeah. So, you know, people sometimes are more comfortable just sliding somebody's yeah. DM, just saying, hey, girl, I see what you posted. I feel this way. Yeah. Help me out. Slide in my DM. Yes. I will literally, <laughs> I will literally tell you. I will. I mean, and again, you can even, I don't care if you do a private um Instagram profile, a fake yeah. one. I don't need to know who you are. Um, just reach out. I promise I will help you or direct you in the best way that I know. Yeah, we'll definitely link your Instagram because I think that's just like maybe sometimes, yeah. I don't know, it might help somebody. To me, sometimes it's a little bit more comfortable talking to someone that you don't know that you've never met. 100%. I think the whole point of this podcast is to make women feel like they're not alone. No. So there's so many women who are going through this alone. So having you be the voice for them. I think is going to help so many people. And the other part so. is connecting yeah. women Inshallah. and all of us. Because, well, I, I never knew that there was a natural route to taking care of these type See? of issues. Yeah. I never knew that. I, you, you fear going to the doctors because you're like, oh, they're going to numb me and I'm just going to be a walking zombie. No, but mashallah, you're... Hajama? Yeah. That's another one. Yeah. That's, yeah. It, it, if you actually look it up, that's one of the uh, natural healings of anxiety. Wow. Yeah. I really want to commend you for all that you have done um, for your family, for all the women that you've dressed from head to toe <laughs> for the you. fact of helping us even internally and telling us your story and your struggle because traumatic experiences are not something easy to deal with. And even though you're treated, I think you still somewhat deal with them I and you lost your mom. So there's moments where you're going to be reminded of that. hundred percent. Yeah. It doesn't go away. It doesn't go away, but there is a way to help yourself to be able to live your life. Um, go back to your normal self. Not, I don't want to use the word no, normal, just said, but, but you go prior to the traumatic old of, self. Yeah, yeah, the old self. I, maybe the old self sounds better than your normal self. Yeah. Believe it or not, yeah. I like my now self yeah. than my old self. Of course, because we're always going through hardships and it, it only builds you. you I've evolved and you. I'm stronger. Yes. I'm stronger, I'm wiser, and, and I'm happier. I mean, you're right in front of us, but well, Michelle, you're like radiating. You're you like, are, you're I would glowing. never, and that's a scary part though, kind of. You would never think that she yeah. went through this if you look at yourself. So that's why it's like, take that extra step, ask your friends, how are you? But say, really, how are you? Like, yeah. what are, is everything okay? I want to say one more thing. Yeah. I think that um, it's unfortunate, but like you said, the fear of friends or, or not, but especially your closest friends, you're, you fear to yeah. tell your closest friends because you're not always in the same group because that can be sitting with you too. Yeah. And you may go to another group of friends and whatever I just confided in you, I will always have that anxiety of thinking, did she tell her? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, honestly, that's been done to me so many times. So it's like, it's very hard. But I'm at the point where I don't care. I am an open book. Exactly. Now. I'm and an it's... open book. So if I share this with you and I confide in you, I'm at the point if you go tell somebody else, that's okay. Because I love who I am. That's, I that's know so what important. I went through and I'm okay with it all. Yeah. Whatever you have, that's your opinion. I think like also another takeaway is be kind to everyone because you yes. never know what they're going through. Absolutely. Chicago people are mean. We yeah. are. I'm a Chicago girl, but we, we are mean. We are so mean. It's We're sad. so clicky it's too. 
No, you know what it is? It's like fake confidence. Yes. Everyone on social media has this like persona that yeah. I've got my life going. <laughs> Where they yeah. can like sit behind a keyboard and type these nasty things. But like if I see you face to face, you're not going to say that. No, that's and that's me. the thing. Yeah. That's literally, that's, oh my goodness. That is so it. And that's, and I'm, when I tell you before I lived this, I feel like I live this image that wasn't so real. And, you know, you can't, you can't be fake with yourself. You want to be fake with everyone else. You do that. But don't be fake with you yourself. You can't lie to yourself. Yeah. You can't lie to yeah. yourself. And that's the thing is where you lie to yourself for so long that what happens is what happened to me. Yeah. yeah. But you need to be truthful to you. And you need to take that selfish step. You need to be selfish with yourself. And it's okay to be selfish yeah. at one moment, especially for your health. So before you take care of your physical appearance and your physical health, you need to be taking care of your mental health and parents of course parents whether your child is one years old or two years old pay attention talk to, to everything talk to them be yeah. that open book be confident with your children make sure that you have that you know that open like set up space. boundaries i know people don't want to be best friends with their children because you still want to be that parental figure or that parent figure but have those conversations yeah. 100%. if your kid's in a bad mood it's for a reason like 100 yeah. they're not disrespecting you just because they're being a teenager maybe there's, there's something wrong on. there's yeah. something going on yeah. you need to make sure so, so my last thing for yeah. that um is for parents even if you're not going through it make sure that you're aware of it with your children especially um and if anyone is going through it right now if you have any questions yeah. if you have anything please reach out to me or if you don't want to reach out to me google i think amazing. we're gonna put the doctor's information everything once we post yours because i think i mean mashallah like you're doing great and i like that you went through the natural route so i definitely want to provide the resources instead of just pushing them to go find their doctor and whatnot because that's yeah. scary it's well, really scary and overwhelming well, the thing is, is if they're not if they're far yeah if they're far i mean i will oh, be true. more than happy to help them i've helped people locate people i've even done the homework for yeah. them where they're just like look amazing. i will even make an appointment for you and i've made appointments for them yeah. like this is the appointment wow. because here's the thing they won't do it yeah. no no no, no they i won't. think it's you do it because you wish you had that person yes 100 percent. i wish i had somebody yeah. holding you're a beautiful my person summer well, uh, oh, thank you Habibi. you're I very it. strong i'm not saying this because just physically but no, i know inside <laughs> you Michelle, i mean you're beautiful on the outside <laughs> yeah, but you like are. you to want to help somebody else even though you never got that help back that's beautiful honestly i mean that's important i think it that's is. what my purpose is so thank you thank for you for sharing this so i think this is the most intimate conversation oh, that we've yeah. had most most vulnerable vulnerable i would say because everybody had their own story but this is very vulnerable yeah. to see it like right here firsthand and i think a lot of people may um like feel with your story they might not have gone through what you've been through but they're going through their own thing so hearing you speak is kind of exactly touch home for them and it's going to be a domino effect where they help their friends and so on and so forth mm -hmm. so thank you so much somewhere for coming thank out. you for having me well i really do appreciate it i really can't wait to go amazing. to your store check you out and everything because i need a wardrobe change <laughs> i'm always i mean literally i'm wearing black right now i always wear black like I'm there's always, the, if, girl, i need some you color can't go, i need you can't some go wrong. this is actually as colorful as i get is but this, this beautiful like i love you it like and i'm like oh supermodel she looks like a feminine <laughs> woman yeah and i'm like here like oh okay i'm wearing like my fuzzy yeah, like, my jacket is part of my head yeah. it's it's you just it's amazing but exactly please come on in anytime and i will take care of you ladies again i do want to say thank you ladies so much for what you're doing it's amazing thank you and, and thank you i'm for so what proud you're of doing, you honestly so honest to god i'm so proud of you guys for like you said you created a mic and you're passing it down so i appreciate you ladies very very much love thank you. you wallahi thank you so much 